here this morning. And, uh, you know, I, I, I got to be honest. You know, I'm not really sure what I'm singing in Spanish, but it sounds really happy and awesome. Amen. And I feel like we got to add some of these Spanish songs into our service in the 11 a.m. Uh, fantastic, fa fantastic time. I'm excited to be here. Uh, you know, last night, the singles in the 5 p.m. service had a thriller costume party. All about Michael Jackson, right? I didn't realize I was going to be seeing Michael Jackson this morning at service right here. Let me have Michael Jackson stand up for a minute. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I got to tell Dave Kim, Dave, they're, they're amazing in Metro East. They had Michael Jackson in, in, at service on Sunday, man. I go, that's pretty special. <laughs> now, if you look at the... Uh, the PowerPoint over there, if, if I had to give you a title of my lesson this morning, it's a, it's a church in transition. And I know our whole region is going through a transition right now. I know for Metro East, uh, Doug and May have, have recently moved probably over the last, what, two months, maybe two months or so, back to San Diego. I, and I'm sure that's a transition for the Metro East group. I, I'm sure many of you are, are probably pretty sad. I know Grace and I are sad as well. Uh, we know that the Kazis resigned, our, our regional leaders of 17 years, and, and they've resigned, and our region is going through a transition as well. I'm, I'm sad about that as well. But, you know, the truth is everyone goes through transitions in life, right? Every church goes through transitions. I mean, is there anybody in the room who hasn't been through a transition in their life? Look around. No, right? Everybody goes through different transitions. In fact, Dave Kim is experiencing one. How I found out that I was speaking this, this uh, today was maybe one or two days ago. Dave said, hey, I need, to, I need to go to Reno because there's some things happening with the Reno church that he had to pay attention to. So that's the reason why he's not here this morning. Amen. So he's trying to help uh, a church go through transition up in Reno right now. And amen, be praying for the church up in Reno. But uh, that's also an exciting time for the Reno church. And, uh, you know, I'm fortunate that I get to speak this morning and spend some time with you, and that's been very encouraging for me. But I'm going through a transition as well. You know, as I get older, it seems like it's harder for me to hear. And it's harder for me to see. Can anybody relate to that? Yeah, like you're blurry right now to me, okay? As the older I get, the more blurry the audience becomes. I can't even tell if you're mad at me or not, or if you look, look kind of awkward at me. So, amen, that's good for me. Uh, but just recently, you know, I, one of my friends that I've been reaching out to works for a eye, eye company. And he said, hey, there's a trial coming up where you can, you can get some free eyeglasses. I, I, I remember you saying at lunch one time that your, your eyes are kind of going bad and it's a little blurry. I said, yeah. I says, well, you know what? Glasses are expensive. And, you know, a person that doesn't really wear glasses doesn't know how expensive glasses could be, Right. So I figured, oh great, let me go, let me go get, uh, let me go get an eye exam from my optometrist. That company pays for it. We're gonna get two glasses. So my wife and I went down. You know, they checked their eyes out, and it's funny how you know when you're with an optometrist, the guy's like, hey, uh, why don't you read that line right there? Can you see that? I go, uh, no, no, I can't quite see that right now. Well, what about the next line? No, I can't see that one either. What about the next line? No, look, dude, I can't see any other lines. All right. So obviously I need glasses. I just want to know if I'm going blind or not. And he said, well, good news, bad news. Here's the bad news. Uh, you have cataract on your eyes. 
And so any glasses that we give you isn't going to work because on your lens, there's a growth on your lens that makes your eyesight blurry. So whatever glass you use, it doesn't matter. So you need to have surgery on both of your eyes, Reese. I said, okay, what's the good news? <laughs> Is you're not going blind. We can fix this. Again, what's the good news again? <laughs> That's how it felt, right? And as I'm getting older, I'm going to go through a transition right now. And so what do we do in life when we go through a transition, when something unexpected happens, okay? Well, I want to do a Bible study with you this morning because our church is going through a transition. Metro East is going through a transition. South Cities is going through a transition. Downtown is going through a transition. Our whole church is going through a transition. And I'm sure if I had a raise of hands, I put money that many of us are going through different life transitions. My wife is right here. This is my wife, Grace Kiaina. Honey, why don't you stand? I've been married to her for 21 years. Her eyesight is almost as bad as mine, uh, but I love her. I have three kids in, in, in high school, middle school, and elementary at all three different schools. So I'm in a bit of a transition for a minute, and I uh, look forward to it. Uh, but what do you do when your church is in a transition, okay? Hey, bro, can you, for some reason, I can't get my, who, who's our AV guy back there? He's in transition right now. He is. I came up and told him, hey, you know, I need to, uh, do, can you do my PowerPoint, okay? In Acts chapter 2, I may just have to ask you to click it, bro, and then you may have to, okay, just because it's not kind of picking up from here. Uh, but here's the first one click, please. The first transition that happened in the New Testament church was before the church started, Jesus died. And anybody who's been through a death in the family, that's a transition in your life. In fact, it takes time to recover, actually. Jesus was crucified. All the disciples left Jesus when he died. And yet, the next click for a minute is the result was, in that time of transition, whenever there's transition, when one door closes with God, always another door is opening, even though we may not see that happening at the same time. But the first century church was born in the midst of transition. We would have perhaps may not have ever had that like that, but it went down that way where Jesus died, all the disciples left, and we know that this church over here was started in verse 42. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the, this, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So the first transition you get to see in the church was Jesus died. And how did they handle it? Everybody left. Prayerfully in our church, we're not going to do that. Amen. Because we're a church that doesn't worship people. Amen? We worship Jesus. And so while those disciples left, Jesus came back, worked with them, fellowshiped with them, provided breakfast for them, ate with them, and the first century church was born. Let me go to the second slide. Now, this is a picture of what in the first century 
in, this is a picture of an underground church in Rome, what it would look like to fellowship. Now, we fellowship in an air-conditioned theater like this, right? But that was, that's an example of what it would have looked like. Now, it's a bit spruced up there, right? Because, because it is a, uh, it's a place where tourists get to come and they get to experience what worship in the first century actually looked like and felt like. Does that make sense? The bakers just recently traveled to Europe and, and saw things like this, okay? But this is an example of what the first century church may have looked like. Now, the second, next slide. In Acts chapter 4, turn with me there. And in verse 1, it says, The priest and the temp- captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. Many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. Next. The second transition was that persecution hit the church because the apostles were preaching about Jesus so much. How did the disciples handle it? Next. Is they believed more. And the church grew. So oftentimes in a transition, we're looking down instead of looking up at God. And transitions in the Bible, what, what is so encouraging to know is that if you're in a transition right now, it's a time where there could be explosive faith and growth in your spiritual life. If you're in the midst of a transition, if you don't get focused on the wrong thing. I appreciate the disciples in the first century because when they, I mean, let's be honest, right? If, if cops came in right now and arrested Grace and I, what would you think? Let's be honest. Well, I know you're all good-hearted, but not really also at the same time. How many of us would have thoughts like, hey, what did they do? What did Reese do? Adrian's like, what, what happened, Reese? Just be open and honest right now, right? I mean, I would do that too. If, 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 if you know, I saw the Morrises, cops came in and said, where's Dave Morris? He is arrested. I'd be like, I knew it all along with Dave Morris. I knew he was crooked all along, man. I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. Ever since I fellowshiped with him at a regional service, I knew that was, something was wrong with Dave Morris at that time. That's, that's honest, right? But imagine the leaders in the first century were jailed. And yet, the result of how the disciples handled it, God is always moving. The church had more faith and grew even more. You know, what's interesting is in the midst of our transi- transition, the 9, 11, and 5 all had baptisms in the midst of the transition. Uh, Metro East is throwing your fall festival, right? Let me give you guys a hand. I mean, it's a time that could be very encouraging in our church that we don't have to be down and discouraged in the midst of a transition because that's when God is perhaps moving at its most during that time in the midst of a transition. When their leaders were jailed, more faith was, was had in the church as well as more growth happened in that church. Let me show you the third transition. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 32 says, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And much grace was upon them all. 
there were no needy persons among them. Can you imagine that for a minute? Can you imagine our family right here, all of us in this room, that there is not one needy person in the room? It's hard to, I mean, that doesn't even happen in my own family. But in a church of 5,000 people, there was not one needy person in the group because everyone shared. How many of you bought a new car this past year? Anybody? Raise your hand. Don't worry. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to judge you. You're, you bought a new car? Awesome. That's ours too. We're all sharing. Right? How many of you got a raise in your job? Raise your hand. Anybody got a raise? Raise your hand. Raise your hand high. Please. Great. That's ours as well. Amen. We all shared with one another to the point where no one in the church had a need. Isn't that crazy? Nobody had a need. I have I, I bought a new golf club. It's not yours, though. I'm selfish. I'm keeping it to myself. You can't use my... Andrew might be able to use... Andrew Lamoth may be able to use my golf club because I, I don't trust everybody in the room that you're going to take care of my golf club really nicely. Just kidding. But imagine that for a minute, right? Everyone was sharing, okay? From time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them. Brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, when the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. So in the church, as the church was growing, they had kind of their own special contribution, if you will, right, where people sold their homes. Now, I met two people in my lifetime who sold their homes so that the church in Hawaii could be started. I met two of those people. Two people who actually did that, and I thanked them with tears because I was like, I, one day I want to meet somebody who, who sacrificed so that the church in Hawaii, when it was planted, I'm the recipient of that contribution. And I met it. But in the first century church, they talked about money as well. The third transition is about having integrity about money in the church. And there was a married, married couple named Ananias and Sapphira. You remember who they are? Right? They needed to go to marriage dynamics but didn't. And they sold property but lied about, lied about the money to the apostles. And guess what happened to them? What happened? A celebration was thrown in their honor? No. They died. Next slide, please. And the Bible says at the end of verse 11, chapter 5, great fear seized the whole church. Amen. I mean, imagine going to that D group today, that day, when somebody died because they lied about the money that they had that they were going to give, but they lied about it. A married couple knew, and uh, Ananias died, let's say at 12 o'clock, three hours later, his wife died when she was asked about it as well. I mean, great fear seized the whole church, and, and you know, fear in the church is a healthy thing, amen? When we're fearing God about, righteous, about righteousness and unrighteousness, that's a powerful, powerful thing that needs to happen in the church. The lesson to learn is don't lie about your finances to anyone because you're really lying to God about it. And great fear seized the whole church, but that was a trend. I mean, how, how, what would service be like that Sunday if on Friday you knew people died? 
They're like, hey, somebody, some Bible talk leader was like, hey, you know, we're going to take up our contribution on Sunday. They lied about it. Boom, they died, and we're all talking about it today. I mean, how many of us would be like, whoa, take my, dude, there's my wallet. Take my whole wallet too, but I don't want to be like that before the Lord. Well, that's a transition that happened in the church. I put money, people talked about that. I, I, put, I, I go, I'm sure people talked about it, right? And it must have been a challenging talk, okay? Fourth transition. We're almost done. But I want to show you all these transitions that happen in the New Testament church. That in transition, God reigns in it. And if your eyes are looking to him, you could experience one of the most exciting times in your spiritual life. Amen. It does not have to be a discouraging, challenging time. In Acts chapter 6, in verse 1, it says, In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against Hebraic Jews because the widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. What was going on in the first century church, you can put the slide there, please. What was going on in the first century church was a problem arose between two groups of widows and how the food was being distributed. One group of widows was being, there was prejudice against one group of widows in the church. And so it was a big issue that happened in the church, right? And I appreciate how the leaders, they didn't just turn, you know, they just didn't go, oh, this ain't happening. They actually addressed it. And in verse uh, 2, it says, So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them, and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Now, look, what ends up happening is they end up choosing seven men in the church, right? And those seven men kind of come forward. They're put before the congregation. The whole congregation feels pleased about them. And they are the seven who end up helping these widows who were in need. And what I love about this, next slide please, next click, is that seven leaders were raised up to meet a need. And the Bible says the word of God spread rapidly. Uh, the number of disciples increased rapidly. And even priests became obedient to the faith. So here's another example of another transition, right? Of something great happening because people's eyes were focused on God and not people. And this whole idea of empowerment, amen, and, and this is what I, the thought I want to leave with you today. Is as you are going out through your week, remember, okay, that any transition that happens in your life, whether in your finances, something unexpected happened. You're, you're feeling pressure about your job right now. You look at your children and you're like, I wonder if my children are ever going to become disciples. Amen. Those are all difficult transitions. What do I do in the small group that I'm in? What do I do, do with being in a sector that may not have a ministry leader at the time? Well, I appreciate Metro East because you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing is worship Jesus, keep believing, and be a Christian. Amen? That's what Metro East is supposed to be doing. I want to give all of our brothers and sisters in Metro East a hand for doing that. That's fantastic. That's what you're supposed to be doing. So let's close out with two scriptures, okay? Next, next slide, please. Two things to consider when you're in a transition. Something that you can walk away with today, okay? And then we're going to take communion. It is in Acts chapter 6. Keep your hand there. Now look over in verse 8. It says, Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did wonders and miraculous signs among the people. 
Opposition arose, however, from members of the Synagogue of the Freedom, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the province of Cilicia and Asia. These men began to argue with Stephen, but they could not stand up against the wisdom or the spirit by whom he spoke. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, We have heard Stephen speak words of blasphemy against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They produced false witnesses who testified, This fellow never stops speaking against this holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us. All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. So the slide is the first thing that I would encourage you to do as you're going through a transition is don't forget to use the gifts that were given to you in your life. Amen. Everybody in this room has gifts. Everybody does. So when you're in a transition, who knew, guys, okay? When you're thinking about this guy, Stephen, remember, he was just one of the guys sitting in the fellowship. And that when a need came up, next thing you know, he was one of the seven guys that were chosen. But the guy who ends up having the gift of speaking to be able to stand up to the Sanhedrin and the religious leaders of their day that ends up getting this dude killed is a member of a fe- in the fellowship, not a leader in God's kingdom. Was just somebody who was sitting in the fellowship, the first martyr in the Christian church, wasn't the greatest leader in the Christian church. It was just a member who ended up wanting to meet a need. What does that tell you? Is that everyone can be used by God. And God has a special plan for every single person in here. So don't forget to use the gift that you have. Amen? Use the gifts that you have to really build God's kingdom. You know, the Greek word for gift is the word charis, which is where you get the word charisma. Does that make sense? So somebody who has charisma is just somebody who's gifted, that God has given them that gift. So... Remember, as you go through a transition, use the, gift you, the gifts that you have. And the last scripture I want to show you is Acts chapter 8. What will God do through Metro East and through South Cities during our time of transition? A lot. If we're focused on God. If you're focused on men, you're going to be wondering about men all the time. But if you're focused on God, then men are, are just part of the plan. Who's here, who's not here doesn't really even matter because it's not focused on them anyway. It's never been about who your leader is or anything like that. It's always been about who Jesus is, always been about God's kingdom. And we can move forward with any transition in our life if we just remember to use the gifts that you and I have. Amen. You know, I saw I saw Edgar. I I met Edgar, you know, a couple weeks uh, when we were doing the the teen retreat and I, I met Edgar. And, you know, Edgar is an amazing brother. Would you agree? Yeah. Now, I've seen him speak in English, and I've seen him speak in Spanish. And they're, it's like talking to two different guys. When he speaks in English, he's great. But, boy, when he speaks in Spanish, he's a whole different guy. He's a, the, the gift that God has given him when he's, you know, when Edgar speaks in English, he speaks, Hey, guys, how's it going? My name is Edgar Sanchez. Great to have everybody here today. Awesome. When he speaks in Spanish, 
wow, you know, everything comes in. And I'm going, holy snap, what just happened there? Same guy, but he's just using a gift in a different way. And it's so impressive to me. Impressive, impressive, impressive. So don't ever envy other people's gifts. Because God has given you your specific gift or many gifts that you have. Too many times in the church, people get caught up in, oh, I want that guy's gift. I want that person's gift. But you neglect the own gift that God has given you. So remember, don't envy other people's gift. Use the gifts that you have. Because God needs you and I to use those gifts to showcase who he really is. Last passage, Acts chapter 8 and verse 1. On that day, a great persecution broke out in the church at Jerusalem, and all the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off men and women and put them in prison. Another transition, right? Last one, put, the, put that slide up. Though, look in verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip, anybody know who Philip was? One of the seven went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. There was great joy in that city. The second thing that I want you to consider as you go through a transition in your own life, whether it's in the church, in your own life, is to use the faith that you have. It doesn't matter how much faith you have. Just use whatever you have. Reese, I'm not sure. I just have a little bit of faith that is just that made me come to church today. That's all you need. You don't need to have great faith. In fact, who does, really? I don't know that many people who have just faith, great faith like Jesus operating like that all the time. I know people who come to church and go, I got three kids. Today was an event just getting to Sunday service. Happy to be here. God can work through that person. Perhaps you're a single parent. And, and, and let's applaud our single parents in the room, man, because you do. You're an amazing, amazing person if you are a single parent. Our grandmas and grandpas and uncles and aunts who are, who, are, who are perhaps older in the faith and perhaps even older physically that you come every week and you do. That's all God. Amen. And, and that if you just use the gifts and use the faith that you have. God can do amazing, amazing things. So let me close up with the, who knew though, guys, that the guy who would impact, don't ever tell me that one person doesn't make a difference. One person with faith makes all the difference in the world. A whole city of Samaria was, was, was uh, so many healings took place in that city because one guy who was sitting in the fellowship thought, well, shoot, we're going through persecution right now. The leaders stay in Jerusalem. Everybody else, let's head on out. Next thing you know, as they started speaking about God, a whole city was impacted because of one person. In life, there will be transitions. The next thought. Often, innovation is born in the midst of transition. So don't be looking down. Look up as you go through different transitions in your life. And the last thing, one more, one more. One person with faith makes all the difference in, in the world. So in life, there will always be transitions in your life. In God's church, there's going to be transitions as well. How you handle these transitions is going to make all the difference in your own life. Remember, in the first century church, I just took you through five transitions. And all five, God blew it out in an amazing way where the church was healthier in the, because of those transitions. The first transition is Jesus died. The result was that the first century church started. 
The second transition was persecution hit the church. The church had more explosive faith and growth than ever before. The third transition was integrity about money in the church. Yes, people died. But great fear seized the church, and they were on track again spiritually. The fourth transition was that problems arose with distribution of food to widows. Prejudice was going on. Well, the leadership empowered the church. Seven people were raised up in the process, and it was a time of seeing incredible uh, the word of God being spread and the church going rapidly. The fifth transition, persecution hits the church again, and a, a few individuals go and basically preach the word in Samaria to a point where a whole city is changed because of that. Oh, and by the way, let me close out with this thought. Is a church planting took place with no leadership guiding them. The church in Antioch, the, the place where, where in our Bible studies we go, hey, the word disciple equals Christian, right? Disciples were called Christians first in the city of Antioch. That whole church was started by people who had no leadership and only the Holy Spirit guiding them the whole way. So how does that, can that encourage our faith? Is remember, you're in good hands with God, amen? So as we take communion, remember this thought. A basketball in my hands is worth $19. A basketball in LeBron, LeBron James's hands is worth millions. It just depends whose hands it's in. A microphone in my hands is worth $50. A microphone in Oprah Winfrey's hands is worth billions. And I, don't know, I know a lot of you watch Oprah or did. Computer programming is useless in my hands, but in Bill Gates' hands, it can change the world. A rod in my hands will keep away an angry dog. A rod in Moses' hands will part the Red Sea. A slingshot in my hands is a toy. A slingshot in David's hands is a mighty weapon. Two fish and five loaves of bread in my hands is a couple of fish sandwiches. Two fish and five loaves of bread in Jesus' hands will feed 5,000. Nails in my, hands, in my hands might produce a birdhouse, maybe at best. Nails in Jesus' hands will produce salvation for the entire world. As you see, it just depends whose hands it's in. So put your concerns, your worries, your fears, your hopes, your dreams, your families, and all your relationships in God's hands because you're in good hands with God. Amen. Let's thank you for your time and attention. Let's say a prayer and uh, let's have a great communion. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we could spend time in your word. We want to honor you with faith. We want to honor you because of your son Jesus dying for us. We pray for a great time of fellowship, great time at the fall festival because we love you. Thank you for loving us, especially when we don't deserve it. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And he, and he will, lift will lift you up. And he How sweet the sound! Amazing grace, how sweet the sound! Amazing grace, how sweet the sound! Amazing grace, how sweet the sound! That saved a wretch 
that's like me, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I see, was blind, but now I see. When we've been there ten thousand years, when we've been there ten thousand years, bright shining as Bright shining as the sun. We've no less days to sing God's praise. We've no less days to sing God's praise. Than when we first begun. Than when. in the sight of the Lord. So humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. So humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And he will lift you up. And he will lift you up.